Welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and I am joined as always by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. As always, you can reach out to us on the Peaceful Ease podcast if you want to share any ideas, thoughts, questions with Ela. Podcast at peacefulease.com is that email address. You can also keep up with all things Peaceful Ease and with Ela at her website, peacefulease.com is where you can do that. Ela, it's so great to be back with you today. Yeah, it's very nice to see you, Mario. How are you? I'm doing really well. It's been a fun week. You know, it's February, so we're done with January. We're done with that opening month of the year. And now I feel like 2020 is really here. Yeah, it is. And you have a new lighting too for 2020. <laughs> I, do. I do. It's so funny because for those of you who are listening, Ela and I can see each other when we have these conversations. And for the longest time, I didn't have a light. So she could see that I was there, but it was pretty dark. <laughs> so now I got a light and she can actually see my face. So that's a lot of fun. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> We're making improvements every week as we go here on Peaceful yeah <laughs> but um so one of the things you're still in italy right by the way we can kind of update that because it seems like you're in a different location almost every time we talk <laughs> yeah not almost every time but almost yeah every time <laughs> yeah i'm still in sicily the weather is perfect here it's unusually warm they say it's like 72 degrees fahrenheit or 23 degrees celsius and I've been rowing and it's the sun is shining and people are very nice. The food is absolutely amazing. And I'm starting to love the chaos of this city and discovering more and more. If you ever come to Sicily, just keep in mind that there is so much that you have to go and search for. What it means is you, if you just walk up and down the streets, you don't see much. But if you start doing tours, and there are many of them, there are even donation-based city tours, you start to see a whole different city. And it's been an outer discovery as well as an inner discovery now. Now, I've been to Italy twice in my life, but I have not been to Sicily while I've been there. My grandmother's family is actually from Sicily. So that's a place that I definitely need to get to. I hear it's beautiful. When I was in Italy, we stuck more towards central and northern Italy. And then we went somewhat south, but we didn't go all the way south down to Sicily. So I definitely need to check that out. But I will say that, you know, even as a chef that I was in, I call it a previous life, but about a decade ago, I was a <laughs> professional chef and I had the ability to have and the honor to have some of the best food from all over the world. Italy was by far, when I was there, the best food I've ever had in my life. By far. Yeah, you have to come back to your roots, Mario. It's beautiful people, beautiful culture, very warm, like both the people and the weather and the food is amazing. Okay, you know, though there's almost no public transport and things don't run that well, but come on, there's nothing perfect. This is as close as it gets. 
Well, from the way you describe it, I don't think there needs to be a public transport because if I'm there, I probably don't want to leave anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. And I like the fact that you called the phase of your life and you were a chef, a previous life, because we have the luxury to do that. I think that's very unique. And I think many people can relate to that. Now we have the luxury to have previous lives. Yeah. And I really believe that because when I look back at that phase of my life, I was a completely different person. It was a phase that I needed to go through and I'm very grateful for that. And I would not change anything about it. But looking at where I am now, when I run into people who haven't seen me since those days, it's like they're meeting a completely different person because it really is. And how do you feel about that when you see that shock in people's faces? It kind of makes me laugh for a minute, but I have to not revert back to that just to appease them. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And I think in today's day and age, it's even more prevalent because we have the Facebooks and the social media and those types of things. And it's funny when I look at my Facebook and I go through my friends list, there's people there that I went to high school with. There's people there that you meet in all these different phases and they know you as one thing. And then when you start to put content out or you know, show who you are today, it's almost like it's a bunch of strangers at some point. And it's just really interesting for me to yeah. see and to see that evolution of not only me, but where other people that I met at different phases of my life went to, who we were at that time when we met and now who we are today and how that all evolves. It's just really an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. And I really like the fact that you maintain this you and don't kind of revert to please others because it's hard. You know, we want acceptance, we want love, and these people know us, they care for us, and we don't want to almost like disappoint them. So it's very easy to maintain a facade or a mask temporarily to fit into their expectations. But it takes courage to maintain this you. I think it's even more challenging when the things in the past were fun or enjoyable, because there are people that we did have some good times. And it's like, they want to go back and relive that. And it's like, well, today's me doesn't want to go back and do that. That me back then did, and it was fun then, and we experienced that. But now I don't need to do that again, because I'm looking forward to other things, not backward to reliving those things. Mm -hmm. And I'm going through a similar phase, actually. Like, It takes some courage to say, I'm almost 40. I'm going to be 40 in June. So my kind of contemporaries are having their second children or even second divorce. or <laughs> And here I am just traveling from one place to another and saying that I'm searching for the meaning of life right now. It's awkward. It makes people say, excuse me? <laughs> and I think it's funny because we talked about this before we started the show today is that when you went on this journey, when you left L.A., and started on this journey, you didn't do it to find the meaning of life, right? It's just something that kind of evolved and happened naturally. I mean, there are a lot of people out in the world that are searching for their purpose, actively searching for the meaning of life or of their lives. But, and you're doing it too, but you didn't do it to do it. You did it just intuitively and it led you to this point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what led me exactly to this point is that it's a very recent realization that no matter what I will do now for myself in this life is not going to be greater than what I've already done for myself. 
Does that make sense? So there's nothing I can do more that's going to make a huge difference in my life. So that made me wonder, with this sense of completion, you know, I'm living with this sense of completion, but I'm still here. So something is complete, but something is not complete. And what is that thing that is not complete? And I realized whatever that is, it's not about me. That's powerful. That's a powerful distinction to make. And I think that there's so many people looking for this meaning, this purpose. And I think that it is something worthwhile to pursue. And it is something that it's a journey, right? I think the meaning and the purpose is the journey and that evolution that happens and the experiences that we have. I don't think there's ever a destination. I have this theory that I've formed and I've, I've heard people talk about it, but I have this theory that it's like we go through our whole lives searching for meaning and searching for this purpose. And then there comes a point where we finally figure it out and we're like, ah, oh, that's it. That's the meaning. That's the purpose. And then as soon as we figure it out and everything's so clear, we die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe I should take my time figuring out then. <laughs> I think it all happens at its own time. But the, the point is, I think the journey is the real value. Yeah. I think it's that evolution, that discovery. And not only us going through it, but us share, like much like what you're doing with the podcast and what you're doing when you speak with others and communicate, it's sharing that journey to help facilitate others' journey as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it's all about. And when I said that no matter what I will do for myself is not going to be greater than what I've already done for myself was not because of the gigantic achievements, not only I respect them and I'm grateful for having accomplished several things in life. But the biggest reason I can say this is the journey. So looking back, I had this time to evaluate where I was and where I am now and how I got here. And I realized that if you were talking to a little version of me now, me back in, I don't know, Turkey, eight years old or something, and if we asked that little Ela and said, where do you think you would be when you're 40 years old? I don't think she could imagine where I am. So that journey gives this great fulfillment. And where I am is temporary. I will be somewhere else tomorrow, next year, next decade. Maybe it will be better. Maybe it will be worse. Who knows? But the journey is there. And that's what gives me the sense of completion and a sense of inquiry. So what is next? Where am I headed now? What can I do? If whatever I can do is not going to make a huge difference for me, then what can I do that is going to make a huge difference in any way for whomever? And for that, I've been just writing a lot. I was showing you earlier, like I have these huge sheets of paper and I've been writing down a few things and I wanted to share a few of them because I think they are very useful if you're in a similar situation and honestly I thought not many people would be in a similar situation but just during the past week I met at least three people who agreed with me and who said they are in their journey to find purpose so I think it's something that people don't talk about much because we generally talk about the weather and all that you know how we are shaped or expected to talk. But inside, I think we are all searching. So if you feel like this resonates with you, I would like to share what I've been doing and see if it helps you. 
I was talking to Jay Early, Bonnie Wise's husband, whom we interviewed, and he made a beautiful point. He said, Ila, this is about what you can offer and what's needed. The purpose is right in that junction. So I started to write down what I can offer. And I started with writing down maybe 10, 15 skills that I see in myself or that comes very naturally to me, like connecting with people or being creative or solving problems like liking facing problems. And I also asked a few friends and my husband, like saying, what do you think that comes to me very naturally? And I narrowed them down to five items. And the criteria was that doesn't matter if I have 50 items in this list. What is that one thing that if I take it away, I would not be me anymore? The rest of the items are not that significant. They couldn't put together an ELA without this one thing. So I found four or five of those things and I put them down on a piece of paper because this is what I can offer very naturally, very organically, with very little effort. And I can offer plenty of them because they are really core values or skills for me. And then I wrote down what I've done in the past, not like to feel good about it, but to analyze what made me do those things. So I had a few criterias, what the questions were, what did I do? Why did I do it? How did I do it? And why did I stop doing it? These questions helped me understand what I need. So it's not about just what I can offer endlessly, but what do I need to get back? Is it a sense of achievement, maybe belonging to a community or financial means, or is it expressing my skill set, or is it challenge, is it routine? So this analysis made me understand what I need from whatever that role I'm going to play is. And also I wrote down some skills that my higher self has and can express from time to time. But this me in this body and in this wheel of life cannot always let that expression be. So that was like what I need from myself next. So that was the criteria. So what I have, number one, what I can offer right now. Number two, what I need to get. Number three is like what I need from myself. What kind of skills will make me express the thing that I'm supposed to express more easily? Or what am I blocking within? And the fourth one, bear with me if it's too complicated. I'm trying to kind of simplify it. It's, it was a long process. What kind of issues trigger me? So I wrote down all the problems that I could think of on the planet, from climate change to issues around democracy and to human trafficking, to lack of education or hunger or illnesses and the difference between rich and poor, the you know, hate attacks, racism, anything I could think of. And I really focused on each item from an emotional perspective. Of course, all of these things bother me, but some of them were really triggering me, saying this is extremely unfair. 
like this really created an emotional or maybe physical reaction where my hands were sweating or I felt some kind of like anger rising because this was just too unfair. And I put everything on one sheet. So now I'm looking at it. I can see what I'm able to offer. I can see what I need. I can see what I need from the job and from myself. And I can see the issues that really trigger me. And I can see a pattern. Now, I can't tell you yet that I sorted out, you know, I know the answer to this question, but I know the answer is right in front of me on this sheet. It's just a matter of time for me to ripen enough to get that. Does that make sense? Did I make it? No, it makes total sense. It seems like a lot, but I know that you broke it down. So it's a little, so it's more simplified, but from the time you sat down and decided to put this on paper and actually do it, how long did this process take you to come to the conclusion that you have in front of you that you're looking at now? I didn't time it, but I think, and I didn't do it all at once because it's very intense. So I could get to this point in three sits and I would say maybe I spent in total of two hours or something. It's not that much. But what I wanted to say too before that is the amount of time that you put to develop the awareness to be able to sit down for two hours and do this. That's where the real journey was. I think so too, because many of us are not aware of our unique skills, what comes naturally to us. So to look inwards and to dig them can take more time. And really, it's sometimes what people tell you that, oh, you're very good at communicating and this and that. But sometimes it's things, there are things that don't stand out much, but yet they are you. So to know those things may take more time or may not. It doesn't have to be, you know. Do you have an example of something that may not stand out much, but is something that you don't mind sharing that you know about yourself? Sure. For example, this capacity to transform. You know, you were talking about having different lives. I went through so many of them to such great degrees of transformation that people who knew me from certain eras could not relate to me anymore. Very good friends were like, I don't understand you anymore. And it was to degrees that they wouldn't even stick around as a Facebook friend. I mean, I don't have a Facebook account now, but that's such drastic change. So that capacity to transform, reinvent yourself is not something that people may point out because they may feel they experience it, but it's not something that someone can easily see and point out. Yet it was there. And I think that's so much me. I think perhaps in 10 years time, I will be drastically different than who I am today. And that's fine because things change if they grow. That's a great example. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. And I think that I was going to ask you, as I do at the end of every episode, if you have anything that you want to leave listeners with. But I think this whole episode was an exercise to leave listeners with. <laughs> so, is there anything that you'd like to say to kind of wrap things up before we sign off for uh, next week? Sure. I just want to repeat the four questions. So if you have pen and paper, you don't have to go through the entire episode. Here are the questions. What can you offer? What kind of skills that come to you naturally? 
Number two is what do you need from this next role, job, whatever that is? Meaning, what would satisfy you? Like, is it financial means? Is it belonging to a community, being with like-minded people? Number three is what do you need from yourself to also keep your own growth? And number two and three, your needs from the job and your needs from yourself balance each other. So how can you keep looking after taking care of yourself? That's about number three. And the number four is what kind of issues trigger you? What creates an emotional or physical response in you? Great questions. As always, Ela, thank you so much for sharing. And I think that, you know, that searching for meaning and purpose is something that a lot of people are doing and just having this framework to be something that guides and assists you to digging a little deeper, learning more about yourself and kind of seeing that blueprint in front of you because writing something down is the first act of taking something invisible and making it visible. And actually, it gives you a new perspective to be able to see something as opposed to just think about it. So to have it in front of you, to be able to reflect on it, to be able to see it, I think is an invaluable activity. I agree. And do use pen and pencil and paper. It's a different neural connection than typing. So make it fun. Get a big sheet of paper or tape a couple of A4s together and get some colorful pens and just let it flow through your hands, through your body. Don't just type it. Ela, thank you so much. As always, it was a lot of fun. And we have some interviews coming up over the next couple of episodes. So I can't wait to hear those. I know you always have such great guests on. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Yeah, thank you, Mario. And thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.